Welcome to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. This show is created with the intention of empowering others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me spotlight extraordinary souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping others in their own way. Together, we can all make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. Personal boundaries are guidelines, rules, or limits that a person creates to identify for themselves what are reasonable, safe, and permissible ways for other people to behave around them and how they will respond when someone steps outside of those limits. These boundaries are usually built upon a combination of beliefs, opinions, past experiences, attitudes, and intuition. They are the physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental limits we put into place to protect ourselves from being used, manipulated, or violated by others. Personal boundaries allow us to separate out our own identity and what we think and feel from the thoughts and feelings of others. They affect both outgoing and incoming interactions. Psychoanalyst and philosopher Jacques Lacan, also referred to as the French Freud, stated that the boundaries define us as individuals, outlining our likes and dislikes, and sets the distances we allow others to approach us. According to Professor Dr. Nina Brown, there are four types of psychological boundaries, soft, spongy, rigid, and flexible. A person with soft boundaries merges with other people's boundaries. They can easily become a victim of psychological manipulation. They can get too close to others too fast and give too much. They essentially have no barriers. A person with spongy boundaries is one that has a combination of soft and rigid boundaries. They are not sure what to let in and what to keep out. A person with rigid boundaries is closed off completely, so much so that nobody can get close to him or her either physically or emotionally. This is often the case for those that have been a victim of physical, emotional, sexual, or psychological abuse. Rigid boundaries are usually built upon a past traumatic experience. They can appear closed off, aloof, and or distant. They are extremely self-reliant and rarely tend to ask for help. A person with flexible boundaries is similar to a person with rigid boundaries, but exercises more control. They know what to let in and what to keep out. Boundaries are first formed in childhood. The boundaries of a child are largely defined by how the child is treated by others. Unfortunately, the presence of any type of abuse, be it physical, emotional, or sexual, is a boundary invasion that usually carries into adulthood. These children often do not attempt to defend their individual rights since they end up not learning that they possess any. Victims of abuse, whether children or adults, experience a loss of control over their own lives and their own bodies. They feel they are meant to be hurt, abused, and manipulated by others. Their boundaries become variable or non-existent. Some examples of how damaged boundaries can be experienced might include the inability to just say no, going along with others' needs versus your own, not being able to make decisions, feeling responsible for others' emotions, allowing others to take from you without reciprocating, and being unable to receive from another. Although a survivor of sexual abuse or assault may not have cognitive awareness of this incident, the body will store the memory and feelings associated with it, and women will typically store it differently than men. In fact, according to the Journal of Osteopathic Association, some physical consequences resulting from sexual violence can manifest as GI symptoms, cardiopulmonary issues such as asthma, neurologic symptoms, genital and reproductive symptoms like ongoing pelvic pain, as well as depression and PTSD. Of course, not all people who have an inability to establish good boundaries are a victim of abuse. There can be other reasons, like those of unworthiness, insecurity, fear of being alone, or even fear of being disliked. When a person's boundaries are routinely broken, they learn that their own feelings and needs do not matter and feel required to accept how others treat them without question. Establishing boundaries as well as communicating them while being extremely necessary and healthy also honor who you are while maintaining your self-respect and self-love. And the more you know who you are, the better you can establish boundaries. During this unprecedented time, our personal boundaries are being tested. Every day, we are constantly being persuaded by the media, our families, our friends, and complete strangers to step away from our own beliefs and what we hold to be true. 
And yet, ironically, at the same time, we are also being given great opportunity to know ourselves even more by going within. Today, I have the absolute joy of having Lisa Erickson on my show. Lisa is an energy worker and author of Chakra Empowerment for Women. She specializes in women's energetics and sexual trauma healing and will share her own journey, how sexual trauma gets stored in our chakras, and how to set boundaries. Plus, later on the show, she will conduct a boundary exercise for all of you. So stick around after this quick break. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Just $100 for the first session. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Alternative Talk 1150, online at 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast, Love from the Hip, that's H-Y-P, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure of having Lisa Erickson on my show. Lisa is an energy worker and author of Chakra Empowerment for Women. Hey, Lisa, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Sakura. I'm so excited to be here, and your intro on boundaries just has my mind going. So many things to talk about. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) And where are you joining us from? I am just south of Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Nice. So how long have you been an energy worker? I have been working professionally this way for about 15 years, but I've been training closer to 20 and been meditating myself on my chakras and energy body for over 30. Oh, wow. Okay. And what were you doing prior to energy work? Well, I was working in the technology industry, and I continued to do that for a long time, and that's what really brought me indirectly to the chakras because I was experiencing a lot of stress issues, headaches and stomach aches. So I ended up trying out a meditation class, and it turned out to be a chakra meditation class. And I really became hooked. It became the start of a lifelong journey that continues to this day. And at a certain point, in addition to my spiritual interest in the chakras, I also started studying them from an energy medicine perspective, and that eventually led to a change in careers. Oh, wow. And so then you learned how to basically transmute that for others? Yeah. Well, the kind of healing I do, there's a few different things that I do. One is, yes, distance healing, where I am actually directing energy and helping to remap, release, transmute at the energy body level. And there's kind of different levels to our energy body. But the other part of my work, and this is more what is shared in the book and what I'll share in the exercise that we'll do later today, is guiding people how to work with their own chakras to do some of this work so that they're actually learning how to connect, how to release, transmit, empower different energies within their own energy body. So I do both. Okay. Okay. And so what drew you to the chakras? What, I mean, what was calling to you? Well, when I was first, you know, walked into this meditation class, and of course there's a lot of different kinds of meditation, and I do practice other kinds as well, um, it really, the chakras they are a map that you can use on so many levels. They map to physical systems in our body, organs, endocrine, glands, all of that. They map to different aspects of our psyche, different emotions. They map to different spiritual uh, states. So they are really this interface that can take you anywhere once you understand them, and you can use them as a map to work with yourself from a personal development and healing perspective in many different ways. So I just, I just gravitated to that. It just spoke to me right away. Would you consider it almost like a constellation, if you will? Yeah, I do think that it is. And, and people have used them in so many different ways. You know, Carl Jung, a uh, psychotherapist, you know, he used them to map to different aspects of the psyche. Within ancient spiritual traditions, they're tied to different mystic states. They're tied to different intuit- intuition abilities. And then, of course, in energy medicine, they're mapped to different parts of the body. So there's just all these layers. Now, would you describe that as energy bodies? 
Yeah, well, I think of our energy body as this interface between our physical body and our psyche and our spirit. So when we talk about holistic health or holistic personal development, mind, body, and spirit, our energy body is the glue right there in the middle. And when you're working at that energy body level, some techniques are about the connection between our energy body and our physical body. If you're really focused on physical healing, others are more about connecting to the psyche or a spirit if you're talking more about psychological and spiritual development. In some things, you're doing both, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then how did you come to work with women, and more specifically women who are sexual trauma and abuse survivors? Really, I was working with women, part of a personal interest in terms of just women's empowerment in my life, right? And then I had post-childbirth, my child's first birth, my, my, the birth of my first child, sorry, I had some health problems and I'd already been studying energy healing for a while, but it really triggered me to research some specifics around women's energy bodies and how they shift during pregnancy and postpartum. And that led me to do a lot of workshops specifically with women. And as soon as I started running workshops just with women, such a high number were coming to me saying, I experienced sexual abuse at some point in my life. I experienced sexual assault. My mother experienced sexual abuse, and I think it impacted me. And so I really started diving more into how that impacted the energy body. So it was really a product of the women coming to me and feeling it was impacting their health, their ability to be in relationships, their ability to own their power. Mm-hmm. And so what personally for you, because they always say as a healer, right, we draw in what we're working mm-hmm. on. So was there some aspect of you that was working on sexual trauma? Looking back now, I think so. And I don't, that I know of, have an experience of explicit sexual abuse or assault in this lifetime. But I've come to view it as a kind of karmic calling because it has become such a big part of my practice and my work. And in those early days, so many women were coming to me. I think that now we understand the way the different kinds of trauma and the way it can impact us. There's intergenerational, there's ancestral, there's secondary, all these different ways that we can experience trauma. And then, of course, there's karmic and past life. And I've come to believe that I really had some experiences in a past life that caused me to come in really with a drive to help heal this particular wound. I also think right now at this point in history, it is one of the main healings going on, right? And the Me Too movement reflects Mm. that. We also have a rebalancing, in my view, occurring between feminine and masculine energies in general in the world and within all of us, male, female, trans, pan, however you identify. That's part of what's occurring right now is this rebalancing and this work and healing these wounds around past abuse which, of course, is not all male and female. There's other variations, right? But this, really this abuse around sexual energy and power is part of that rebalancing being able to occur. Okay. And would you say then it's true that maybe this is your karmic mission to heal yeah, the sexual trauma? Yeah, I feel that trauma? way for sure. And yeah. along with clearing past life persecution, because yeah. that's another thing for energy healers, for intuitives. We're living in a time in which, for the most part, we are able to live openly. It depends where you live, obviously, but for most of history, that was not the case, especially for women healers, women intuitives. Mm -hmm. So, and those two things, sexual trauma and persecution for being a healer or an intuitive, were often wrapped up with each other in in, in the past. So I feel like those are two big karmic missions of mine, is healing in those two areas. That's awesome. Well, with that, we're going to have to take a break, but everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial for just $120. Designed for your rugged skin, a deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one-two-three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. 
The veil is a line between physical and non-physical realities, between spirit and matter. Listen in to Go Beyond the Veil, an exciting new show every second Wednesday of each month from 2 to 3 p.m. In this engaging and informational jam-packed radio hour, hosts Sakura Sutter and Rory Reich interview folks who make a living crossing the veil, assisting others on their journeys of healing and self-discovery. Drawing from their own experiences, Sakura and Rory have come to realize how challenging it can be to understand it all. So they will ask the hard questions to not only reveal more truths and clarity, but in an effort to make spiritual sense. They hope by offering you, the listener, a resource where science meets spirituality that you too can finally put your skepticism to rest once and for all. So join them as they go Beyond the Veil. Did you know that your skin is your body's first defense against disease and infection? BrioTech knows and has developed their topical skin spray to enhance your skin's natural healing responses and defenses. BrioTech is all about providing its customers products that help promote skin wellness. BrioTech Topical Skin Spray is a light misting spray free of added fragrance, oil, alcohol, and parabens. All this protection without clogging your pores. It's a must addition to your all-around daily skincare regimen. Try BrioTech, a collection of sprayers from two ounces to eight ounces. With this bundle, you can have BrioTech topical skin spray wherever life takes you. All natural and safe to use from head to toe. Irritations, redness, post-procedure sensitivities? Get BrioTech topical skin spray today. Learn more at BrioTechUSA.com. That's B-R-I-O-T-E-C-H-U-S-A dot com. Support your skin at BrioTechUSA.com. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And feel free to send me a shout out at Sakura at LoveFromTheHip.com. Let me know that you're listening. Today on Love from the Hip, we have Lisa Erickson. Lisa is an energy worker and author of Chakra Empowerment for Women. So, Lisa, I'm going to backtrack a little bit here. I was wondering if you could give a quick explanation for my listeners about maybe a chakra and also what an energy body is. Yeah. So our energy body, what I like to say is we have an energy anatomy, just like we have a physical anatomy. And the chakras are like the organs in the physical anatomy. Just like we have a stomach and a lungs and a heart, we have a heart chakra and a stomach chakra and a throat chakra and a root chakra. Depending on the system, we have anywhere from four to ten aligned along our spine. I use the system in this book at least. I use multiple systems, but in this book I'm working with the seven chakra system that most people would see on the wall of a yoga studio because it is aligned most closely with those Indian mappings of the chakras. And they really are like energy, they're energy centers, and they really function like organs. They're the main intersections of the flows of energy in our body. And we can focus on them by focusing on a part of our body and visualizing color, using sounds, chants, vibrations, using visualizations, using affirmations that connect to the emotions of that chakra. We can bring forth the energy of a particular chakra and make it more empowered in our body and in our lives. Hmm. Thank you for explaining that. So osteopaths and other healers obviously have proven that we store sexual trauma, if not trauma. Mm -hmm. So how did you figure out that we were storing sexual trauma in our chakras? Well, really, we store everything (laughs) at multiple levels. And Our energy body has multiple levels to it within most traditions that cover it. Some are considered karmic, meaning they actually extend across lives for those who believe in that. Some are connected to our ancestral DNA, so things may carry through an ancestral line different traumas. And then we have our experiences in this lifetime, our conditioning in this lifetime. And just as in psychology, we talk about how experiences leave an imprint on us and may impact our future behavior and how that is stored in the brain, stored in the body. It's also correspondingly stored at the energy body level. And sometimes working at that energy body level is actually a faster path 
to releasing it at the physical and the brain level or to rewriting it. Really often you have to kind of combine approaches, especially with trauma, but working at the energy body level has a lot of benefits. And do you notice that men and women store it differently? Yeah, well, in general, one of the things that I found when I really started diving into women's energetics was all these teachings on how women's energy bodies differ that really tied to my own experience. In general, men are anchored in the first or root chakra, which is tied to the physical body and is often taught to be the seat of the kundalini or core spiritual or transformative energy that can move through the chakras. And women are anchored in the second chakra, which is a little bit higher up in our pelvis. The kundalini is already pooled there. It does tie to our womb center, and our power is therefore wrapped up in that womb energy, which, which does not have to be used to birth children. That's one use of it, right? But it's really tied to creative energies in general. It's really considered this very magical link to primordial creative energy, reparative energy. It's like energetic stem cell energy. Mm. And understanding this difference in where the male and female energy body tend to be anchored really tells you a lot about where trauma tends to be stored. For women, it's most often in that second chakra and impacting that energy center. For men, it's more often centered in the root chakra. There's all these other manifestations throughout the body, energy body, though, the heart and throat, everything is, is often uh, impacted. But that's the real difference for men and women across the board, not just in terms of trauma, but in terms of our energy bodies in general. Hmm. Okay. So you would say we have different power sources, if you will. We do. And it also then means that that impact has a lot to do with boundaries because mm. that first chakra is very grounded, very rooted. So for men working with their energy body, they tend to need to focus more on fluidity. Their tendency is going to be increased rigidity, right? Right. For women, it's often the other way. That second chakra is the root of the yin receptive energy. If anything, women tend to need to focus more on boundaries and grounding because they will tend to be more fluid. Mm -hmm. So for women who've experienced sexual trauma, men who, this is very generalized, but it's very individual, but for men who experience sexual trauma, they're more likely to be rigid. And the rigid boundaries you were talking about at the start of the show, for (laughs) women who experience sexual trauma, they're more likely to be overly receptive, meaning um, too absorbent of other people's energies and too likely to be influenced by mm. others or uh, manipulated by right. others in that sense, have so they, a harder they, time asserting boundaries. They'd be more spongy. Yeah, more spongy, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, I, and this is in no way meant to be, say, in any way that sexual trauma is then the fault of the woman. That's blame the victim. That's not where we're going at all. I'm right. saying people that have already had that experience then will have difficulty asserting their right to boundaries going forward. And so that's often one of the first places we need to work is affirming that right to boundaries. So how does one know if they're storing sexual trauma? Well, you don't always know the cause. I think where you start is, you know, what's not working in your life, whether it's in relationships or owning your power in your career or the way you interact with people. That's where you really start. What are the emotional challenges in your life? And then sometimes someone then, as we're unpacking it, will realize that it is connected to a past experience that they remembered but had not really realized had such an impact on them. Hmm. Um, So you don't always know. I think one of the first things I'm always looking for is if someone is disassociated from those lower chakras, meaning they're not connected to their body in some way, there's very often some sort of sexual trauma that has occurred at some point. Okay. So what is the first step then in releasing this sexual trauma? The first step, honestly, is not so much about release as it is about embodiment. Mm. For so many trauma survivors, and especially sexual trauma survivors, there's this disconnection from those lower chakras. And when that happens, when you're trying to work on yourself, it can become almost uh, wishful and imaginative, wishful thinking and imaginative thinking, and it doesn't actually connect down into the body into real change. So I often need to first get people really focusing on their first chakra, their second chakra, and in activities in their life that are tied to those, exercise, 
um, staying mindful and present with emotions, being able to feel where you feel an emotion in your body. Where do you feel anxiety in your body? Taking a breath when you feel it. It's a lot of very mindful work. Then once someone has that foundation, we can start working with releasing, going into where a memory may be stored. We don't have to relive the memory to release it, but we often have to just bring up some of the residual emotions and then we can work literally on letting it go by bringing light through. Mm, okay. And do we need to know any of the details in order to release it? You know, it's more about an access point, and you don't need the memory of the event. You usually need, for this kind of work, some sort of emotional residue. Mm. But that may be how you're impacted now, right? Like, right. you know, uh, that every time someone says or does something or, or you're in a certain kind of situation, you feel yourself freeze. We can just work with that, right? right? And how that feeling of freezing feels in your body, and we can work to release and reprogram that response without necessarily knowing the exact details of why that developed. So in a, in a sense, you're connecting with that energy. That's right. You just need a doorway into the energy. Mm -hmm. Now, for some people, it is helpful to recover memories in some way, shape, or form. That brings a sense of awareness that allows them to move forward. For others, those memories are not needed or are just inaccessible. And then you just start from where you are, and you can still bring about the same change. And that's one of the advantages of energy work, frankly, for mm -hmm. a lot of people. And so it doesn't matter, then, if it's ancestral or past life as to how it is released. That's right. Sometimes you may not know. And it's interesting. I've worked with clients. They're like, wow, it really seems as if I have sexual trauma. I have no memory of it. And we work through some things, and they experience healing. And then this actually just happened recently. And then they sh this woman shared it with her mother. And then her mother said, you know what? I w I've never told you this, but I was sexually abused by my uncle when I was a child. Yeah. And so then it really came to seem as if the daughter had taken on some of that of her mother's ancestral abuse without knowing it, right? Yeah. And developed some of those same emotional patterns and healed them without ever actually knowing the source. Right. Wow. That's incredible. Well, with that, we're going to have to take another break, but everyone stay tuned for the Weekly Skinny. On this Weekly Skinny, I would like to talk about neonatal acne or baby acne. 20% of all newborns are born with baby acne. It appears similar to teen acne minus the cysts with the clogged pores, red papules, small pustules, or a rough, bumpy red rash. These breakouts most commonly appear on an infant's cheeks and nose, but can also occur on a baby's back or shoulders. Aside from neonatal acne, tiny white bumps, or milia, are also common in a baby's first few weeks of life. Neonatal acne is not to be confused with infantile acne, which appears in babies later at around six weeks of age. This form of acne can last a few months to several years. Many doctors believe neonatal acne is actually caused by the passing of hormones from the mother to the infant during the last stage of pregnancy. It is always best to check with your pediatrician first before treating your baby's neonatal acne just to rule out any underlying skin conditions, as well as to ensure it's not just a rash or even eczema. Baby acne is a harmless condition, which typically disappears by the time the baby is six months old, but certain things can irritate it or make it progressively worse. In fact, because a baby's skin is so delicate, it can be easily aggravated by coming into contact with milk, formula, and also spit up. Detergents and rough fabrics can also irritate a baby's neonatal acne. The recommended treatment of neonatal acne is to keep the baby's face clean, avoid using scented and harsh products, refrain from scrubbing the skin, as that will only further aggravate it, and lastly, whatever you do, absolutely avoid pinching or squeezing the acne on your baby's face. Their skin is way too delicate, and you will only increase the potential for scarring, as well as make their acne worse. Try using more gentle products instead. The Light Lytic Treatment from Epionce is a great product used to address neonatal acne. This product is formulated with a natural form of salicylic called willow bark, which helps to not only kill the harmful bacteria related to causing acne, but also gently exfoliates the skin without irritation. Not to mention, it works wonders on cradle cap. If you have a baby with neonatal acne and would like to try the Epionce Light Lytic Treatment, 
feel free to go to epions.com and enter 201-10401 at checkout. Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way for just $65. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an ounce of treatment and a pound of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And if you are just joining us, today I have the pleasure of having energy worker and author of Chakra Empowerment for Women, Lisa Erickson on my show. So Lisa, let's talk about hormones. How do our hormones as women affect our chakras? Well, it's really the chicken or the egg, which affects which we may never be able to completely untangle. (laughs) But in Ayurvedic medicine and really all energy medicine traditions, there's this correlation between each chakra and a different gland. Our whole energy body system is tightly connected to our endocrine system. And of course, all of our hormones are also very tied to our emotional state. So the chakra, our emotion, the chakras, our emotions, and our hormones and endocrine system are tightly connected, and we can work with any of the three to impact the other two. Is kind of how what I like to to say. So what's so interesting is that for women in particular, because we have life cycles and bodily cycles that are very pronounced tied to our hormones, right? Our monthly menstruation cycle, major shifts at pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, menopause, all of these are very powerful energetic transits if we know how to use them. When we talked about that second chakra, they're all tightly tied to that second chakra, the center of our power, and our second chakra goes through major shifts monthly and at each of these main life transits, especially menopause. And we can really learn to use those to fuel our personal growth, to gain more power, to gain more intuitive abilities. They are all very powerful times. So can you give us an example? So during our menstruation, what should we be doing? Well, as we head into ovulation, we are at our peak charisma and external facing energy. And our hormones, our hormones actually mirror that. Like we actually are at our most charismatic biologically, right? And mm-hmm. that's for a reason. But energetically, we're at our best time to complete projects, to present things, to convince people of things, to problem solve. Then going into our menstrual cycle, we, it's a more contemplative time. We often tend to think of it as a time in which we feel, you know, maybe vulnerable or some women don't feel well, right? They right. actually experience physical issues. But actually, if we can protect ourselves, learn to protect ourselves energetically during that time, our intuition is at its height. We have a very deep connection to another level of knowing. It's a fantastic time to germinate new ideas, to solve difficult problems, to contemplate major decisions in our life, and to develop you know, our subtler abilities like our intuition. So if mm-hmm. we can learn to use our cycle that way every month, we can really uh, embrace it as an energetic cycle that fuels us forward, not just an inconvenience. That's awesome. Who would have thought that that period of time would be so empowering? (laughs) Yeah, and it's the same with menopause. It truly can be a rebirth if we learn to relate to it that way. Okay. And so, and then what about breakups or Mm. being in between relationships? What chakras should we focus on there? I think there's different stages. The first stage of a breakup is really letting go. And in that case, I do a lot of what I call energy line cutting, really, you know, visualizing the person and cutting the line. Like they have lines into your energy body that you developed, and you have to be ready to let go. The other piece of it is grieving the loss, and that's a lot of heart chakra self-care often. So the energy line cutting might involve all different chakras in our body, depending on the type of connection. 
Then the grieving is really often heart chakra work. We need to do some real work on our own heart chakra. Then when it's time to move forward again, it's about owning the wisdom, whatever you learned from that relationship, and really trying to put forward a new vibration, which again involves more than one chakra, that reflects who you are now and who you next want to attract. What is your priorities in terms of the kind of energy and vibration of who you next want to attract? So there's really stages to how you might work with a breakup. And why do you think this is important to do? Because otherwise what happens is you can just repeat the same relationship over and over and over in a different external form. Mm. And so right? you're you patterning. You're attracting someone totally different, and in fact you've just attracted the same kind of person, and so the same issues arise wherever you go, there you are, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And that would be the same, too, with not releasing that sexual trauma, right? That's as far right. As... This is one of the main problems with not releasing it is you just keep replaying the same pattern in a new form. Okay. And these are some things that you discuss in your book, correct? Exactly. That's really the core of chakra empowerment is how do I shift my vibration, right? How do I let go of that which has kept me at a certain particular place and move forward into a new place? And what was the catalyst for you for writing that book? To be able to share this work with more people and to make it accessible for someone at home on their own, because I truly believe anyone can work with the chakras on their own. It's empowerment, right? It's really about, it's the ultimate self-empowerment tool. Everyone has chakras. Everyone can learn to work with them. And can I ask you on a personal level, what were some things that you were able to release through your own chakra healing? For me, I had a lot of self-doubt. I had a lot of anger. These were a lot of the main things that I needed to work through in order to heal my own relationships. And then as a parent, I had so much anxiety that rose up. So really trying to get to the core of what that anxiety was and work through that in order to be a better parent. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) So what about right now in our current state? What chakras should we address and why? Yeah, well, I think right now we all need a lot of lower chakra work because we're feeling scared. (laughs) Things are uncertain, and so we need that stability of the lower chakras. The first chakra, the root chakra, has to do with feeling safe in our body. It's also linked to having a strong immune system. It's linked to our feeling like we belong within society, our sense of our tribe, our family, our crowd, that sense of belonging. So all of that has been challenged right now. So root chakra work is great. Navel chakra work has to do with our personal power. That's also very helpful. Heart chakra work in terms of our kindness towards others, right? We've really realized how interdependent we all are. What happens on the other side of the world impacts us here, right? Mm -hmm. And so being able to meet that moment with kindness and not acting solely from a place of fear. So I think a lot of it is root chakra and heart for me right now. Okay. And so for someone that's not really savvy on working with chakras, how would you recommend they go about this? The easiest way for someone who's totally new is often to work with affirmations, like you're focusing and focus on a certain part of your body. So, for example, for the root chakra, you just focus at your tailbone. That's the focal point for the first chakra. And you say, I am safe in my body. I am present right now in my body. My body is strong and self-healing. Affirmations like that are often very helpful. A little later on, people will get into visualizations, vibrational work with different sounds, that kind of thing. I cover all of that in my book, but I try to offer multiple approaches because some people are more visual and they can visualize colors and images in their chakras and others really gravitate toward the affirmation work and the emotional work. Yeah. Okay. So really what you're saying is just center yourself to start and just sit in the chakra. Yeah, exactly. And what you can do with a book like mine is it'll tell you what affirmations will help you connect to the energy associated with that chakra, what colors, and what kinds of visualizations. And you can experiment which works better for you, right? Right. The color, the visualization, the affirmations, those are the easiest doorways in initially. Okay. All right. And so can I ask you as women, because you particularly work with women, do we need to set more boundaries? 
Absolutely, almost always. And we have a lot of factors influencing our spongy boundaries, as we called them <laughs> earlier. Right. Part of it is this, that we're anchored in the second chakra, so we are more naturally receptive and yin and absorbent. What that means is we're more naturally empathic. I mean, men are empathic too, but women tend to sense other people's emotions much more naturally. And then the problem is, is that by default, we often just take them into our energy body. It's one thing to sense what someone is feeling. That's intuition. But all too often, by default, as women, we just take it into our own energy body and own that emotion as our own. So the most important thing that we can do is begin to create a sense of our own vibration so that we can sense other people's emotions, but we don't own them as our own. Hmm. And we also have conditioning that influences that. We have a lot of people-pleasing conditioning. Anyone who grew up in a home that didn't feel safe may have developed patterns around coming into the home as a child trying to sense what will keep me safe today. So they, to stay safe, they developed these abilities to feel other people's emotions. But now as an adult, they need to break the habit of taking those emotions into their own bodies. So that's what energy boundaries mean to me, is right. really being able to hold your own vibration Know what is your own emotion and not own other people's as your own. Oh, that's awesome. Well, when we come back, I'm going to have you do the boundary exercise for all of us. So everyone stick around for more love from the hip. Did you know that your skin is your body's first defense against disease and infection? BrioTech knows and has developed their topical skin spray to enhance your skin's natural healing responses and defenses. BrioTech is all about providing its customers products that help promote skin wellness. BrioTech Topical Skin Spray is a light misting spray, free of added fragrance, oil, alcohol, and parabens. All this protection without clogging your pores. It's a must addition to your all-around daily skincare regimen. Try BrioTech, a collection of sprayers from 2 ounces to 8 ounces. With this bundle, you can have BrioTech Topical Skin Spray wherever life takes you. All natural and safe to use from head to toe. Irritations? Redness? Post-procedure sensitivities? Get BrioTech Topical Skin Spray today. Learn more at BrioTechUSA.com. That's B-R-I-O-T-E-C-H-U-S-A.com. Support your skin at BrioTechUSA.com. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast, Love from the Hip. That's HYP, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure of having Lisa Erickson on my show. Lisa is an energy worker and author of Chakra Empowerment for Women. So, Lisa, can we touch before we do the exercise on energy boundaries versus personal boundaries? Yeah. So energy boundaries really have to do with what we were talking about before the break in terms of how we have a tendency to absorb other people's emotions as our own. And that might reflect physically, emotionally, or mentally. Personal boundaries then are often an extension of that, meaning our ability to assert to people what we need or what behavior we expect we will accept or not. And it can even have to do with personal space, right? Mm -hmm. And it has to do with our ability to speak up for ourselves and to actually speak our truth. And so that also often has to do a lot with throat chakra, because throat chakra is connected to being able to speak what we're feeling. 
and put it out there and assert ourselves. So on that energetic boundary level, we're trying to really create a kind of filter for ourselves so that we don't simply take other people's emotions in. I often use the example, like uh, if you're sitting on the bus and you're sitting next to an an angry person and you don't know it, if you're someone who takes things into your body, you may get off that bus and you have a headache and you don't know why right? Mm-hmm. If you were sitting next to someone who is angry. If you're an emotional empath, you may get off that bus and now you're in a bad mood and you're angry and you don't know why. Right. Exactly. And if you're a mental empath, you may get off that bus and your mind is just spinning with angry thoughts and you don't know why. Right? <laughs> right. So that's what we're trying with energetic boundaries. We're trying to prevent that from happening. If you have a filter on, you sit down, you sense that person is angry. Some part of you goes, oh, gosh, it seems like that person's really angry. And because you have that awareness, you don't take it into your energy body or your physical body in any way. Mm, okay. Thanks for explaining that. Well, let's go ahead and you, are you ready to do your boundary exercise? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So I'm assuming if you're driving right now or operating heavy machinery and you want to partake, I would refrain from that. <laughs> and I'll let you go ahead, Lisa. Yeah, I call this second skin, and it is in my book, Chakra Empowerment for Women, but this one is really applicable to both men and women that are working on this kind of energetic boundary. It focuses on the root and the navel chakra. So I invite you, if you are able to, again, you're not driving in your car at the moment, (laughs) to close your eyes or just lower your gaze somewhat so you can bring your attention inward. And then at your tailbone, visualize a red light, a ball of red light. And if you like, you can place one hand on your tailbone and just apply a little pressure there to bring your awareness low in your body. And I'm going to give us a second to bring our awareness this low because we spend most of our time up in our head, and our mouth talking, our ears listening, bring your awareness all the way down your spine to the very base. And now add to that, at your navel, or really just below your navel, a second ball of red light. And you might place one hand right there. Notice how your belly rises and falls as you breathe and imagine that it is fueling this second ball of red light. And these two chakras together are really protective when we focus on them together. Now imagine that these two balls of red light, one at your tailbone, one just below your navel, are emanating out red light throughout your body and on top of your body, really creating a second layer of red light skin on top of your physical skin. That's why this is called second skin. You have this layer of red light, protective red light, covering your whole body, fueled by your root and navel chakra, your feet and legs, your lower torso front and back, your chest front and back, your arms, your neck, your whole head. And then you, would, you could sit here in silence when you're first working with this. For now, I'll move into a couple of the affirmations associated with this. I am safe and protected. You could repeat these if you like. I choose what energies come in to my energy body. I have the right to boundaries. And working on your own, you could repeat those affirmations a few times. Right now, I'll invite you to open your eyes and we'll end the exercise. And what I'll say about this one is that what I suggest is when people are trying to remap their default way of being in the world to have stronger boundaries, they do this for just a few minutes a day in the morning for six weeks, and it will gradually become a new default. And after that, you don't need to do it all the time. You can just do it when you're feeling triggered in some way. 
But initially, you're really trying to remap your subconscious and your energy body's way of being out in the world. Mm, the neuroplasticity. Exactly. It's linked to that. Yeah. Okay. And so can I a- thank you for sharing that. Um, can I ask you about men and setting boundaries? Is it a different chakra that they would be focusing on? Yeah, it depends on their issue. For men, it's really the same chakras in terms of setting boundaries. But if we're dealing with a man who has become too locked in boundaries, meaning it's become a kind of rigidity, so there's little empathy, fluidity, or emotional intelligence, which is more the risk for men often. You know, it's, it's, I don't want to stereotype too much, but there is a spectrum. Mm-hmm. For men, then, I often am working with the second chakra, which is about fluidity. It's linked to the element water, whereas the root chakra is linked to the element earth, right, where right. men tend to be anchored. So we're bringing in more fluidity, more empathy, more receptivity in an aware way, and that's what we're often working with then. Okay. So, Lisa, can I ask you where you hope to grow from here? Well, I hope to just be able to help more people. I'd like to gain more energy skills. I'd like to be able to bring more people through to self-empowerment and healing even quicker, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's what we want for more and more people, and then for this to emanate out, help more people. Right. That's awesome. And then you do other forms of work, right? You have subtle body mappings, and then this, I read there's this feeding your demons. (laughs) How does that play into the chakra activations? Yeah, I do work with several different energy healing techniques. The the chakras are one kind of work that I do. Feeding your demons is uh, from the Tibetan Buddhist teacher that I studied with, Lama Sultram Alioni. It's based on a Tibetan Buddhist ancient practice called Chud. And this is a secularized process of really connecting to what you consider to be obstructive in yourself in a loving and compassionate way, feeding it instead of fighting it for the purposes of personal transformation. So I also work with that in sessions with people. That's awesome. (laughs) That's a lot. So how can my listeners learn more about you or possibly book a session? Yeah, well, the book itself is available everywhere, and the book website is ChakraEmpowermentForWomen.com. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Chakra Empowerment and Twitter as Mommy Mystic, and my client site is EnlightenedEnergetics.com. But all of those connect to each other, so if you find one, you'll find the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fantastic. Well, thanks again for being here today. Thank you, Sakura. It's been my pleasure, and you ask great questions. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And for your own work in the world. <laughs> thank you. And thank you to Eric, my splendid producer, and you, the listener. You can find me at sakurasutter.com. Really love the show? Don't be shy. Drop me a line at sakuraatlovefromthehip.com. Tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. for another episode of Love from the Hip. And don't forget to make self-love contagious. Go ahead. I dare ya.